0: This is Indie Business Podcast, episode 82. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, entrepreneur, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at Indie Business. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I interview Naja Renice of Femme Noir in Alpharetta, Georgia. Nadia's very personal business story begins with the low self-esteem she once felt, especially where her hair was concerned. Not only did a stylist leave her with a style that can only be described as a painful disaster, but at one point she became so frustrated with her hair that she simply chopped it all off. And while the big chop solved some problems, it also created others but it gave Nadja an opportunity to empower herself as an entrepreneur through what has become the Femme Noir brand. You'll love hearing about how Nadja has leveraged her naturally introverted personality to engage her target audience and create more sales opportunities. And for those of you who may be feeling the stress of job insecurity, Nadja, who was laid off not too long ago, has some words of advice and encouragement for you as well. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 82. But first, this episode of Indie Business Podcast is brought to you by the Indie Business Retreat. Join me in January for a transformational time of learning and growth at the beautiful Club Med Misha's Playa Esmeralda in the Dominican Republic. You'll enjoy snorkeling, a sunset cruise, the opportunity to strategize in paradise as you formalize your plan for an amazing new year and so much more. Reserve your spot before they're all gone at IndieBusinessRetreat.com. And now let's welcome Naja Renice of Femme Noir in Alpharetta, Georgia. Well, Naja Renice. From Shop Femme Noir in Alpharetta, Georgia, welcome to Indie Business Podcast.
1: Thank you, Donna Marie. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so honored that you asked me to be a part of this podcast. I'm an avid listener, so it's really exciting. Well, thank
0: you for taking the time to join us. And you have so much to share. I just want to make sure our listeners get out a pen and paper because Nadja is full of information and experience and just, you know, fun stories to inspire and encourage you. So let's kick things off, Nadja, with just how did Shop Femme Noir start? What's the story there?
1: Yeah, so I started my company kind of by accident. And when I started it, it was really after I lost my hair. So I've actually lost my hair three different times. Um, The first time was because I went to a salon and I got a perm or a relaxer, and then I got um, a sew-in, so extensions to make my hair look, you know, a completely different style than I was wearing. And the sew-in was so tight that when I left the salon, um, it looked like I had a facelift. And I had a headache and the stylist told me, oh, that's normal. Just take Tylenol. So, you know, looking to the expert, I thought, "Okay, I'm just going to do what she's telling me to do. Um, And I went home. I couldn't sleep. People were telling me, you need to take that out. And I was like, oh, no, I paid too much money for this style. I'm going to keep it in. So uh, me being just the foolish person that I was then, I kept it in. And about a week later, uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I kept picking around like the edges of my hair and it started to form like scabs. So when I went back to the stylist to have my hair taken out, she actually turned me away from the mirror. So if you've ever been a stylist and I don't know why they do this, but they always Mm -hmm. turn you away from the mirror. So like you can't see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's supposed to be for a big reveal. Well, my big reveal was my hair was falling out. Oh. Um, the scabs were actually uh, pulling out my hair because it was so tight. It was just creating scabs and pulling it. I kept picking at it and it was irritating me. So um, that was the first time that I lost my hair. And then I went home. My mother's a cosmetologist. Um, and I just went home and I was just speaking with her. I just kind of created a mix of oils and things together and created a hair growth oil. Um, just to kind of soothe my scalp. And and it wasn't really necessarily for specifically for hair growth. That was just an added benefit, but it was really to soothe everything and to um, just kind of re- give my hair some, or my scalp, uh, a treatment so it could just relax and go back to its normal state so it wasn't mm-hmm. so stressed. Yeah. Um, and that became one of the first products in my line that I actually ended up using um, the second time that I lost my hair. <laughs> Which was uh, after I had children, uh, my second when I had my second born, my daughter, uh, I had a lot of postpartum hair loss. So I went back and started using that same that same oil. And in addition to having just that hair loss, I just I felt like crap. like I don't know any other way to say it., mm-hmm. but, I just felt so bad because I'd spent so much time being a parent, taking care of this newborn. You know, I was nursing. I had two kids instead of one, which is a completely different ball ballgame. Yes, um, I, <laughs> I just neglected myself. So um, I kind of avoided all mirrors because I lost not just my hair from postpartum shedding, but my confidence. Um, mm. I didn't have time for myself. There was no self-care, no nothing going on. And I felt. I just felt awful, so I really just expanded upon that that oil. I was using the oil um, after after my my daughter was born for the postpartum shedding, but I, I just really needed some products that would get my hair um, into a manageable condi- state. Really, because you know when you're dealing with babies, you don't really deal with yourself. You're lucky if you have time to take a shower. So, so That um, is so
0: true, and you know it, what's so interesting about what you're describing is that almost like the the self care became a metaphor for how your for the hair care the hair care was a metaphor for self care. They're so intertwined and related.
1: They are. They're the they're literally like uh, two sides of the same coin. You know because whenever I, I, I created the products and, and the, one of the, the second, I guess, product I made was the Dirty Curl Clay, and it's just a, it's mm-hmm. an all-in-one clay wash. So I could literally just hop in the shower, um, wash condition, deep condition, detangle my hair with mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. product. And, you know, it made my shower time go, my wash days go faster. I still had that, you know, that little small moment to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And those were the moments when I could actually do something for me, Um, When I had peace of mind, because you know, sometimes we run we run in the bathroom and hide as new moms. It's like that's that's my moment. I don't care if I'm actually using the bathroom or not. That's my 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 place where I can breathe. So Mm -hmm. people
0: are always coming in though, aren't they? The toddlers are always coming in anyway. They're coming underneath the door. Right,
1: right.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, Naja, I really want to wanna pause on this for a second because I know for myself, like as a black woman, growing a hair is such a thing. It is such a thing. And before we really dive into your brand and talk about your amazing products and you know how you serve, I want to make sure that people who may not understand that as they start listening to this podcast really understand that. And your story, you know, just shares. I mean, you know, every woman wants her hair to look good, but there is something really deeply rooted inside of us as black women, where our hair is concerned. And I can remember as a young child, just crying, crying because my hair was not straight. I wanted my hair to look like what I saw on TV. And my hair was not like that. Girl, I ironed my hair, I did all kinds of things. My girlfriends and I with my head bent over the ironing board, trying to iron my hair and make it look like what was acceptable. And when that didn't work, my self-esteem just was on the floor all the time. Similar to what you've described. So can you share a little bit about, you know, how would you describe it to someone who doesn't understand it? It's not just that my hair doesn't look good. It's all these other things that fit into the equation that make you feel one way or another about yourself as a woman.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because hair is such a a Simple thing, but it's so complicated at the same time. Um, it is really ingrained in in Black women, particularly as mm-hmm. parents, as at birth almost, um, because there's even the superstition that you know with boys sometimes you don't want to cut their hair till they've even reached one years old, or else there's the fear that it won't grow. Mm-hmm. Or, Or, you know, with little kids, I see people saying, you know, I, you know, with babies, they sleep in certain positions. So they have, uh, their hair grows in slower because they like sleep in that same position. They have like that, that bald spots and it grows, but but parents are like, oh my God, I need to get my, my, my daughter's hair to grow. I want my daughter to have hair. It's, it's a thing. I don't know any other way to put it, but it is a thing. It is political. It is personal. It is how we identify ourselves. It's how we can switch up our look. It's how we can have fun. It's how, I mean, it is a thing and it and it's, it's fun, but at the same time, it dates back so far prior to, you know, me being here, my life and all of that, because, you know, mm-hmm. it goes back to, to slavery. It goes back to, you know, when they had the, I think it's called the Chingon Ching-un Laws, where we had mm-hmm. to cover our hair um, whenever we get ridiculed for it and made fun of it. It has to and and even within the black community, like if you're if you have a daughter that walks out of the house and her hair doesn't look good, like something is you're judged, something is wrong with you as a mother, as a parent, like mm-hmm. what's going mm-hmm. on?
0: Your yeah, and how is good funny. defined too? That's the uh, you hit a word right there that her hair doesn't look good. Right. Because that is different
1: for anybody who who, who looks at it. yeah. Yeah very subjective. What good yes. is some people say it's straightened. Some people just mean it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be so many different things for so many different people, but it's, it's literally a topic of conversation for any, like I can walk up to a stranger and say something about our hair and we're in a full 30, 45 minute conversation. We can bond over that. It's just true. A big thing in our community.
0: That is so true. I'm so glad, just, you know, wanted to make sure that people who may not have known, you know, the intimacy of this issue is just so, it's so significant in in our lives. And so having had, and, and having, you know, chopped, you know, your hair right after your children were born, I did that as well, because I couldn't find time for myself. And my hair was taking up so much time. And I was like, I can't find myself what can I let go of? You know, as a mom of young children, it's like, you have to find more time or you're going to go crazy. Somehow you have to, you know, create more time because you have to serve these tiny little people. And the first thing I thought of was, well, I could save hours every week if I just cut my hair off. So I did. And there was a, you know, people reacted to that in ways that I didn't expect. I was like, you know, you got the long hair and I would die for the long hair. And I was like, yeah, but girl, it was driving me crazy. So, <laughs> um, so many stories, you know, and memories that really just are, you know, like ingrained in my heart. But anyway, your brand grew out of this you know, challenging situation that you experienced. So once you realized you were on to something with the few products that you made for yourself, what did you do next that eventually led to a business?
1: Um, I really was really hesitant about moving forward with the business just because I had no idea how to market, how to talk. I'm an introvert at heart. Uh, so it was very, I was scared. And I, like I said, when I first, I, I did the big chop, and I did the. I made the products, and I had my daughter. But my confidence was at an all-time low. So, Hmm. have low confidence, fear to be an introvert, and then decide I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's it's terrifying. Um, I didn't want to talk to people. I mean, quite frankly.
0: Now, how did you get over that? Because you obviously have. I mean, your business is growing, and you're reaching so many women and helping them to build their self-esteem now, as well. Like, how did you get past that?
1: Uh, there's this phrase called do it scared. And that's <laughs> what I did. I told the people around me that I was terrified and that I had this vision. And when it came to, we have a lot of hair shows uh, that com- that are in Atlanta. So I would go down to the hair shows and, it would, and they would say, okay, go talk to this person, go talk to that person. And I'd have to stand there and like for five minutes and get my nerve up. And then I'd go talk to one person in the booth. And then after that, You know, I had a mini breakdown and then I'd go do it again and do it again and do it again. So talking to different business owners um, and different companies trying to pitch my products was where I started. And then eventually, instead of being someone that was coming to the shows, trying to talk to the the vendors, I became a vendor. And that allowed me to talk to customers. And I became really comfortable with talking to customers. Um, because I realized that I do better with intimate spaces. So I don't feel like I'm selling anything, but I'm just, they're coming up to me asking questions and I can absolutely answer your questions and talk to you and kiki over hair. That's not a problem, but it's the selling and feeling like I'm, I'm trying to convince somebody to do something that just didn't really Mm -hmm. feel good. So when I repurposed it and rephrased that as I'm serving and not selling, um, that was really a, a game changer for me. And then understanding as an introvert, I need breaks, I need moments. So my team would say, okay, um, you've been on the floor, you've been talking for an hour or two, go take five minutes in the bathroom, go go fix your hair, go walk outside, go do something just to recharge. And then I can do that and come back.
0: I love that selling versus serving. Like I'm not selling anything, I'm serving. I've I've heard a saying that it's not sales if you really mean it. And it sounds like you have embraced that in terms of the, the core conversations that you can have with people about hair, they can go on for days and the products are being sold as you're talking about those issues and you never really have to sell anything.
1: Exactly, that is exactly it.
0: I love that. So there's some help out there for you introverts. Um, it, because it's it's a challenge there's even books written about this like how introverts can you know be successful in business so thank you for sharing that little tidbit and since you're so passionate about it as well it's easy for you to talk about so the nervousness, does it kind of just almost dissipate when you really get on a tear about this topic?
1: It, it does, because it's like, I'm just talking to a friend, you know, when you talk mm-hmm. about hair to make friends, whether, whether we agree upon it, disagree, whether you've got questions, it doesn't matter. We can just talk about hair and, and laugh and joke and respect each other's opinions and ideas and, and offer, um, support, you know, and that's really what, what the hair care business is about. And once I realized that I'm, All of my when we call them customers, they're not my customers. They're like friends. They're people that you know needs help and support and don't necessarily know where to turn. And I'm just a friend here to help them talk about hair and then share my journey too. Of I've been there. I've lost my hair. This has happened to me too. I'm not. I'm just like you. And Naja, if I'm not mistaken, part of your background professionally is as a teacher, correct? Um, I did spend a little bit of time doing uh, teaching. I taught. Uh, English to children in China. So I did that for a couple of years.
0: And so when you started your business, you had these young children. So, can you give any words of advice of, or encouragement for other women who have very young children and they want to start a business? And they may think, well, I have to wait. I can't start now. I, I, I can't possibly do this with my children at this age. Like, what tips and ideas would you offer them to really explore? whether this is a good option for them and not just nix it just because their children are young. Uh,
1: I really am a believer that art imitates life. And when you have children, you know, we, we watch them walk and they're taking these baby steps. That's literally what you have to do in life and in your business. Mm -hmm. I couldn't Mm -hmm. run as fast as some other businesses. Um, And there are some businesses that have started after me that are doing better than me, but we have different situations and circumstances and needs. So if I need to go slower because I need to meet the needs of my family, if I have to take these baby steps, then so be it. What matters is that I get to the point to where I'm walking and then I'm running and hopefully I'm sprinting, you know? So just one step at a time. And so
0: that mindset of being able to sort of stay in your own lane and not look around and see all the other people who started 10 years after you and they're, you know they seem to be so much further along how how do you insulate yourself from the idea that you're not doing enough or you're you're going too slow i know i know that's like it's tempting is it not to sort of look at the quote unquote success of others and compare yourself how do you keep that from holding you back
1: um i really had to learn to keep my eyes on my own paper uh, and that that was a process in itself but it, it came down to how I felt. When I spend time looking at other businesses and other brands, even ones that I admire and that are, I'm inspired by, um, when I start comparing myself to them, I start I get a feeling. like I start feeling down. Um, my self-esteem goes down. I, it feels like a weight versus whenever I just stay in my own lane, I feel I can wake up every day and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. These are the three major things that I'm going to accomplish today in my business and mm-hmm. my personal life or whatever. And as long as I accomplish what's on my paper and my to-do list, then I feel like I'm moving forward. So it's really just about mine and my business. <laughs> right, right. And staying,
0: as you said, keeping your eyes where they belong. How did you choose the name for your business, Naja?
1: Um, so Femme Noir is the actual name of the business. Um, and that translates to Black women in French. And because I have a brand that I want it to be fun and flirty and sexy and inspire confidence, um, I was thinking, you know, French is the language of love. So uh, I liked that I could incorporate that in there um, and still kind of be very subtle with saying it's sexy because it's femme noir, so it's women. Um, but at the same time, it's I just it's it's different. It's unique and it stands out. So that's kind of where I got that name from. Um, I don't speak a lick of French, except for Bonjour and Femme Noir. <laughs> and Femme Noir, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do you sell your products? I
0: know you have a website at shopfemnoir.com and obviously, so you sell online. And what other outlets do you use to sell your products, Naja?
1: Um, so for a while, we were doing a lot of, shows and things of the sort in the area um, and within like the local states around where I am. But since the pandemic, we've had to really shift and do a bigger push to our website. So that really means um, a heavy focus on email marketing, as well as um, social media marketing. Instagram is my fave. And um, also we're available for wholesale. We do uh, wholesale on fair.
0: And so as an introvert, I want to ask you about using social media. Like, I know you said Instagram is your fave. Do you ever feel like there are certain things that you need to do to be effective on Instagram while also preserving that, that private space and that sort of, you know, introvert space that obviously is so important to you?
1: Absolutely. It it took me forever to embrace video. Um, I was really just doing pictures and I struggled a lot by feeling like, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need great pictures. I need, you know, I need to look good every time I show up on Instagram. and I need and I, and I really realized that after watching other companies and just doing some research on marketing, really realizing that the perfect brand that that looks, that everything is all put together, is, is nice, but that's not re- what really connects you to your audience. Mm. People want to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So if mm. I show up in my do-rag, I've done a live, um, and on my live, I'm, I'm twisting my hair and my bonnet. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like you're talking to your girlfriend on FaceTime.
0: Um, All right. And people will- love that, don't they? They relate to
1: it. Yeah, I think just showing up as myself and not putting that pressure on. I mean, I still come with makeup and, you know, hair done because I like things too. But just showing up and and focusing on being a friend and showing you inside my Mm. my messy world and also showing you about, you know, my pretty world. I think giving that balance is what's really helped. And then also these, uh the reels, the Instagram reels have Mm kind of encouraged me to be more fun Um, versus business and serious and that sort of thing. And I think that's allowed me to really connect with people as well.
0: Oh, that's an interesting um, statement that you make there. So you kind of, so there's reels and then there's your Instagram feed and then there's your stories. How do you, like you just said, reels is kind of like the fun part. Like, do you, do you have other sort of quote unquote categories for stories in in the feed in terms of dividing up your content?
1: Absolutely. Um, so my stories are just kind of where you're getting in my everyday life. It could be related to hair. It could not be related to hair. It could just be mm-hmm. me mom, me waking up, going to bed, it, cooking something, any, mm-hmm. you know, um, it could be anything. So stories is kind of like um, a wild card for me. The reels I'm really using just to have fun and being creative and finding creative ways to take what's trending on the reels and incorporating that into my business. So putting a, a hair spin on them, or just kind of like a fun spin that that still is on brand. Um, as far as my feed, that's where I post uh, pictures, videos, the uh, carousel post where you kind of can scroll through. Um, and then once a week, I try to do an Instagram live that I then save to an IGTV that also goes on my feed. And on the live, I'm generally teaching something or we're having like an in-depth conversation about a particular topic.
0: Now, Naja, you know, last, uh, about a year or so ago, you and I, you were oh. in the um, um, the Black Lives Matter cohort. Yeah. that I hosted. And you know, what's so interesting, I'm sitting here scrolling through your and this was this issue came up back then. I remember talking about this, because you hadn't done a lot of lives at the time. And I'm looking at just scrolling through the, um, the stories that you did 44 minutes ago. And I'm looking at them. And I'm like, you really do you have you are seriously doing it. I mean, totally, the difference between just a year ago and now is is huge. And the other thing is what's so great is like in the world of beauty, as women, we don't always look the same. Like we don't always look all glam out and we don't always look, you know, you know, glasses and a bonnet. Like we we look different all the time. And so the fact that you use these tools to show that, um, I just think it's so great that you're doing that and, and using them to teach as well. And um, really showcasing that Everything is not always the same for me. I'm not always, you know, hooked up with the lipstick and all the thing. And people must really enjoy that because does that lead to sales for you? Do you find that, again, you're talking about your products, you're serving, not selling. Does that lead? Can you like trace that to sales as you do it?
1: Uh, Some of them I can. It really just depends. Like I did a reel on uh, a satin bonnet. And mm-hmm. I wasn't selling really any satin bonnets. It was an accessory that I had that was left over from a Black Friday promo. And just yesterday, like last last night, I got like five orders for satin bonnets. And, you know, I'm continuously getting that. And that was a couple of weeks, like last month, I did that reel. And then there's sometimes when I, I'll talk about a particular product or a particular issue, and then I'll start to see more sales come in specific to whatever it is that I'm really focusing on or talking about educating on. So you can really make the connection between uh, some of my activity on Instagram and my sales, but where I really like to see the connection. And the real reason that I I love Instagram is because I want people to follow my link, which will take them to a hair quiz. And then once they take that hair quiz, well, we recommend products, but I'm also getting them on my email list. And right, right. See people. Uh, multiple times before they make purchases. So if I can get you on my email list and I'm in your inbox all the time, that's where I feel like I'm really connecting with people. But Instagram is really no like and trust. That's what I use it for. Now, Nasha,
0: I am looking through your reels. You have mastered this. Look at you. I love, I love the different looks. You have the music, you have the speech bubbles, you have so many different things. And this is like so inspiring and fantastic. So So, you get that you use your social media to get them to get to your website and then they take a quiz. So, tell us a little bit about the quiz. Like, is that an app that you use to have the quiz on your website? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So, there's a uh, my website is hosted through Shopify and I love Shopify because you can add on different apps and try things and just kind of play around and see what works. But right now, I'm using uh, an app called Octane AI. And what I really like about that one is that it allows you to integrate a quiz and then at the end of the quiz, it will recommend products and people can literally click add to cart directly from that. Um, and that's really mm-hmm. an added bonus. Like I don't expect people to purchase right away. Mm-hmm. I'm really, The quiz is really a lead generator. So I'm really looking for their email, but right. I love that they can add to cart. And then also it has the option to integrate with Facebook Messenger And it has a pop-up option as well. So it has a lot of uh, functionality that you can use um, Mm -hmm. in place of having multiple apps doing these different things. You can do it all in one app and and it integrates with your email. So for every quiz answer that they they provide, then it segments them out based upon their answer in my email. So I can email people based upon their, their quiz results, their total results, or just that answer that they gave.
0: That sounds very powerful. So if I were to take this quiz, I would need to enter my email address in order to get my quiz results. Yes. Okay. And then you also get them and segment them so I don't get emails about products or I guess I should say I do get more emails about products that are specifically related to the to the results for my particular quiz. So it's a way to customize your mailing list and to treat and to serve me, essentially, to serve me specifically.
1: Exactly
0: that's fantastic and so when I go to your website Naja I also see um, as soon as I get there it says just one more step we will notify you about new products and promotions and then I can choose later or I can click allow is that another email collection like what is that and how does that work for you
1: that's a um so that's on the web if you go to the website on from a computer Mm -hmm. you'll Web notifications. So if you're online, like if we have a sale, of course, we'll email you about it. We'll post it on social media. But if you're on your computer, then you know how you get those little alerts that pop up. Mm-hmm. an alert uh, We can send out an alert that says, hey, you know, we're having a whatever, buy one, get one, 50% off, or whatever type of sale. So mm-hmm. it's just a way, another way to connect with people and give them notifications. So I'm trying to connect with people in as many ways as possible to make sure that I can get the message. Out. Yes. And it sounds like you are you are covering so many bases,
0: like because here's another one I see um get five dollars off, and obviously this is at this moment in time, and things always change. But um this is one you have now when you join our group chat and then you put your phone number in there. is that a um is that like an app as well through Shopify that you use to connect with people via text?
1: Yeah, um, so I love textbook text messaging marketing. It's like right right behind email marketing. Um, and it really, really did wonders for us over Black Friday, um, over that, that mm-hmm. whole weekend and the holiday shopping weekend. But basically, um, they put in their email, th- their phone number, and we send them text messages. And the text open rate is higher than an email open rate, even though your conversions aren't as high as they are in email, but the mm-hmm. open rate is higher. So whether it's um, I'm selling something or I just want to tell them something, because I'm not always selling, you know. Um, Yeah. I love to just find different ways to communicate with people. It goes straight to their phone. You don't have to wait for them to open their email or scroll through the many different emails that they get. Um, It pops right up and then they can reply back. And I use postscript so they can, I love that we can kind of communicate. So if I send them a message and then I usually come back and check within the next couple of hours to see if somebody replied back and we can literally have a conversation through text message.
0: That's fantastic. Um, I love that you're like coming at us from so many different angles. Like, there's like if I don't like email, I can do texting, and if I really don't like either of them, I can just be on Instagram or what have you. So that's such a smart way to kind of blanket your territory. Um, so I love the quiz too. That's, that's such fun, and people love the gamification of brands today as well. So it makes it a little fun, and it also. Um, you know, as you as you know, that just, you know, so important because it's a part of your service, because whether you buy something or not, you learn something about your hair by taking that quiz.
1: Exactly. So we're That's always going to help. At, mm-hmm. at, at every step, we just really want to help you and serve.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier, Naja, that the pandemic sort of forced you to cut back on some of the in-person shows and go more online. Is that something that you see in your future for you know even when the post when the pandemic dies down or goes away I don't even know what to say about that but whatever happens to it hopefully we'll be in a position to have more shows again is that something that you want to continue to put back into your brand or or did you find that going online sort of opened your eyes to new new things that you would rather continue in place of shows
1: um I really prefer online because I have a lot of flexibility there in that way. And I feel like I can get results um, and long-term results. I I like the shows because you can get a lot of email addresses. I like the Mm -hmm. shows because you actually get to connect with people one-on-one and it's a quick influx of income or, or, you know, sales in your business. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of prep work that has to be done for shows and, you know, you always have to pay for your vendor spot and travel and hotel and all of that. So I'm not quite sure if that's something that we're going to continue or if we do continue, if we'll just be very selective on the shows that we participate in. Mm-hmm. But um, at this stage, I could say I'm really not interested in shows. And, you know, maybe that'll change in the future, but I'm, I'm, I'm working it from the online perspective.
0: Now, it, it sounds like you started with hair care, but it also looks like you have body care in your business now too. Is that something that's a recent addition or has that, did that come pretty quickly after the hair care? How, what is that progression?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty recent addition. And the reason I added that is because I always had my own body butters that I used. Um, and the main body product that I have is it's a body butter called kiss my ash. Um, and I got that because a lot of times when we did go to hair shows, it's, there's so many hair care companies, and people can't see their results right away, um, and that's really one of the the difficulties when it comes to selling hair care products because you can't give people results. They've got to go home, wash their hair, try this, go through a whole style. It's a process. Uh, but with body care products, you know they can put it on and say, "Oh yeah, I like the way it feels. I like this. I like that." So it was really introduced as a way to give people an alternative to get a quick result and to share with them. Um, you know, some really great body products that make also make them feel sexy and moisturize their skin and the whole nine. But um, I, they've been really, really popular in helping us to also get into wholesale accounts because some people will try our body care products mm-hmm. and order a, a hair care product or two. There's many stores that, you know, they don't have a very heavy uh, African-American women demographic, but- mm-hmm. They do um, have women that love body care products. So they'll start with the body care products and then they may add on um, like a leave-in conditioner or something like that, that that their clients can use. But um, if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have had an opportunity to even get introduced into some of these wholesale um, options. So I, I definitely think we're gonna continue and keep that on. And I don't know if I'm gonna expand it any further than what it is at this stage. I don't have any desire to, but you know who knows?
0: And so you wholesale as well as retail off your website for the most part right now. And are you finding that you're wanting the wholesale to grow? Do you like a 50-50 split? Like How do you like right now to you know, split up the sales of your products amongst those two options?
1: Um, I'd like the majority of our of our products to be sold um, direct to consumer because we have a little bit more control um, and our margins are obviously higher. Um But with wholesale, I really like having maybe about 15, 20% max wholesale um, in our business. So I think that would be a nice split.
0: And are most of your wholesale um, customers like centered around sort of the southeastern U.S., sort of where you are, or are you expanding beyond that?
1: Um, A lot of them are in the southeast, but we have some that are kind of like Midwest, North, um, as well, but mostly along the mm-hmm. East Coast, uh, up to New England, and as far mm-hmm. as West, but that's really mostly as far as it goes. We don't have very many in the West Coast at all.
0: And selling direct to consumer, do you feel like, it's so interesting, because even as an introvert, you you are able to use these tools, which allow you to, you know, have almost like this intimate, intimate discussion, ongoing conversation with people about their hair, but also about how they feel about themselves. Do you you find that that combination of conversation allows you to really attract people with more than just the products you sell?
1: Yeah, I think people are really looking for a connection. Um, It's products, it's education, and it's someone that really understands where they are on their journey. So by me being so open with how I feel and how I lost mm. my confidence. And um, even like, I think today we're, we're launching a new product. So I shared a picture of um, last month because of the stress from the pandemic, how it actually caused me to experience some thinning and some breakage, um, I shared that online. So I think I'll be able to have those conversations with someone that's like, that. they know I'm a real person. I'm not just a brand trying to throw stuff at them and I can actually speak to how they feel. And, and have mm-hmm. them getting them to feel more confident and more comfortable in their skin and wearing their natural hair out.
0: And that is such an appealing component of what you do. So you just said you have a new product coming out today. We like, give us the scoop.
1: Yeah, it's launching in the next couple of weeks. But um, what I did was I took my, we had a hair growth oil that I mentioned earlier. And I noticed that within the pandemic, there's a lot of people that have, uh, Gotten sick from COVID. And one of those side effects are dry hair and actually hair loss. So um, I wanted to be able to address that issue. And those are issues that we've already addressed, but I wanted to be able to address it from um, a perspective where people don't have to wait so long to get the results that they're looking for. So we went back to the drawing board. I reformulated the hair growth oil, or what was the hair growth oil. It's now um, a rapid rejuvenation oil. So people start seeing results in as little as seven to 14 days. Um, and then we also are launching a multivitamin. So it's a hair vitamin, hair, skin, and nails vitamin. And that will come out next month with the, along with the rapid rejuvenation oil. And then together, they're like a, a one-two punch knockout.
0: Now, I know at some point in the past when, when you started your business, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you had a traditional job. Yes. And is that something that is still a part of your your journey or have you gone part time? Like what's the story there?
1: So I worked in corporate America for a long time while I was really getting my business started and getting the foundation of that business going. And then about two, maybe two years ago now, I actually got laid off um, and I was excited because I just wasn't I wasn't feeling corporate America anymore. I mean, I loved my job. I had the flexibility of being able to work from home. I made good money. It was great, but my heart wasn't in it. And I know that for me, job performance is important. It's a reflection on who I am and you know how I'm doing. I don't like to take a job and do a poor job at it, but I noticed that my work performance was going down and just fingers crossed that nobody else noticed it. Um, (laughs) But, but our company, we had a merge and, Our company downsized, then I was laid off, Um, and so I took about a well, what I was going to say, about a year off to just kind of regroup. And by the time that year was coming to an end, COVID hit, and my kids were suddenly having to do school from home, Um, and I was at that time, that's before, you know, they really got this homeschool thing down or this virtual school thing down. So it was literally, here's a video. Here you go. Here's a 15 minute video. You've got to teach your kids all the rest of this stuff. So it took a lot of my time. Um, and I, I was really just like, Oh, I'm so happy that I don't actually have to work right now. Um, and then by, I think it was about May of last year, that's when I, my kids were out for, for summer. And I was like, okay, well, they're out for summer. I'm not working. I'm really going to like kick this whole hair thing into full gear. And it just really took off. So at this stage, because we're still dealing with pandemic stuff and because my kids are still in virtual school, Um, at this stage, I'm really hoping that I can put all my efforts into Noir and get this business to just continue to grow and not actually have to go back into the corporate world. Um, if I have to, I can maybe a little side hustle part-time, something like that, but I really don't want to go back to work and I really don't want to give up my stretch pants and put on, you know, high heels and suits anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh, the stretch pants, girl. I hear you there. Um, so when you look back on it, do you feel like that layoff kind of did you a favor?
1: Absolutely. It, it really allowed me to regroup and mm-hmm. uh, kind of, I didn't know what was coming, but if it wasn't for that, I don't know how, I don't even think the business would be around just because I would be uh, still working and trying to do homeschool and there just wouldn't be any time.
0: What a, what a fantastic component to your journey that you can encourage other people who during this time of pandemic and really just our economy in general layoffs are not unusual anymore. They're, they're here to stay and they, they happen for a variety of different reasons, not just a pandemic. So thank you for sharing You know, that mindset that um, you know, it can be scary, but there's also other things that you can do. Absolutely. So, Nadja, as we close out, um, well, first of all, before we close out, what is your best-selling product?
1: Uh, I would let me guess.
0: I, let me tell you why I want to guess, because I just want to say this product name, okay. um, and it may not be the answer. Okay, I'm thinking maybe because I love body oil and because I love this product name, I'm thinking maybe Glow Job. <laughs> Cause I just wanted to say that <laughs> I see that it's sold out right now. So we need to get some more in stock. I'm curious about, I mean, it's, it looks like it has a, like a, a like some, a tint to it, like a golden tint.
1: Yeah. The glow jab oil. <laughs> I, I try to only offer those glow products in the summertime, just because that's whenever uh. the body can, you can really get out in the sun and kind of shimmer and sparkle and shine, especially when you think about like vacations and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, that is one of, that is a really, one of our our best sellers in the summer. Um, come back in June and get my bottle. There you go. Yes, (laughs) definitely be restocking right around then. Um, but as far as the body care products, it's really, uh, year round, it's the Kiss My Ash, just because Mm. it likes to be ashy and everyone thinks the name is fun, funny. Yes. Um, and for the hair care products, um, I think the flower bomb oil was our, was our top seller We're uh, mm-hmm. reformulated and sold out that kind of put a little mm-hmm. bit of, we anticipated it, I anticipated it was going to happen, but um, I'm really looking forward to when that comes back out, because I think that will really kick our sales back up again. And people will love, love it since we have modified it and made it like more powerful.
0: And can you use the hair care oil on your body as well? Or is it specifically and only for hair?
1: Um, it's made specifically for hair. It won't hurt if you use it on your body, as long as mm-hmm. it's not in your eyes or, you know, near your eyes. Like sure. Sure. grow your lashes or anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just because there's, there's sulfur in there. So we don't want that uh, near your eyes or anything, but okay. uh, you know, you can absolutely use that on your body. I really like the glow job oil better for the body, just because it absorbs easier into your skin mm-hmm. without giving that oily feeling. Whereas the flower bomb, it absorbs into your hair, but it also gives a little bit to, um, I'm sorry, it absorbs into your scalp, but it also leaves a little bit so that it can spread throughout your hair and take that, um, that oil down throughout the mm-hmm. structure of your hair as well.
0: Well, you know, I am a beach bunny, so I am definitely all about this body oil with this shimmer to it. I'm so excited um, to wait for the spring to get here and the summer to get here. So, Naja, as we close out, what are your words of advice in the midst of this pandemic for people who may be facing a layoff, who may be facing some scary times, but who have considered entrepreneurship in the past and just not pulled the trigger. What would you say to them to encourage them to uh, make some uh, decisions about how they could maybe pursue their own business?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's a word that's kind of been overused for the past year or so, but don't be afraid of a pivot. Um, it's, it's really scary at first because it's you're out of your comfort zone and you don't have that security net there. But, um, if you can actually plan for it to happen and kind of know I feel like you kind of know when when a layoff is coming, and not always, but you kind of have an idea um, if you're just kind of paying attention to what's going on within the company and within corporate environments and things. but so if you can and you do know, kind of start getting your plan together beforehand. and then, when it comes to your business, mm-hmm. you find a good business coach that knows your industry. There are tons mm. of coaches out here that can sell you a dream. Um, there are coaches for, if you want to do coaching or online business coaching and advising and things like that. But if mm-hmm. you're looking for a product-based business, you need a coach that knows your industry and not just, not just knows products, but specifically your products, like in the beauty industry or in the, I think it's really important to find someone that can understand what you're going through. So you don't have to educate your coach so then they can educate you on the best things to do. Um, and I think just putting some money aside and investing in yourself uh, really, really does help. It makes you feel more confident when you're starting your business, launching your business and growing your business, because you're not piecing information from YouTube and all over, or like, mm-hmm. that's a new thing now. And people are on there just throwing out information all day, every day. It's for me, it's overwhelming because it's like a bunch of information, but no structure. But Mm -hmm. usually like a business coach or some sort of program, um, there's a lot of structure there and you can literally follow those steps to get your business set up and feel really confident in what you're doing. Mm
0: -hmm. Great, great advice. I appreciate that so much. And I love that you mentioned uh, the point of investing in yourself financially. That is a really hard thing for small businesses to do when they're first getting started because cash is so tight. Um, but your advice seems to indicate that when you do that, you get a little bit further faster and the investment allows you to be more successful in and of itself.
1: Yeah. lets you be more confident, more successful. And if you Mm -hmm. know, just put a little bit aside just to invest in yourself. I know sometimes people are saying, you know, if you don't, you don't, you're not really serious if you don't want to put your money up. And it's like, I get it. We have stuff that happens and everyone doesn't have the money to invest in right then and there but if you can at least make a plan to say okay in a year I'm going to come back and do this or in six months I'm going to do this or I can invest in this if I do that um, mm-hmm. just finding a way to try and, and make it work would really help you get on your feet without feeling like you're just kind of thrown out in the middle of the ocean and you're trying to sink you know decide if you're going to sink or swim and figure it out for yourself.
0: Well Nadia your example of focus even though we didn't talk about this specifically is really really clear it's loud and clear. I mean you're a mom of young children. Um it was only 2 years ago that you lost your job. You started your business with one you have focused on Instagram and you have learned how to serve and not sell. And all those things just add up to an amazing experience at shopfemnoir.com. You guys totally need to check it out and also follow the brand on Instagram, at Shop Femme Noir. What a fun time, Naja. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time chatting with you and I cannot wait to hear some of the other brands that you feature because I'm always learning from them as well.
0: All right. Well, we're so glad to have you as a listener and we will be signing up so that we know the first moment this summer when that glow job body oil is available. (laughs) Check it out everyone at shopfemnoir.com. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Naja and I discussed today. Number one, serving versus selling. Naja says that the stress of selling was wearing her out. So she adjusted her mindset to embrace the notion of serving people simply by telling her personal hair stories and engaging people around their hair care journeys. It's an approach Naja says works by leading to the engagement that naturally produces opportunities for people to want to buy her products. Number two, invest in yourself. One of the chief words of advice Nadja offered was the importance of investing in yourself. She recommended engaging the services of a coach or a mentor or someone who is always in your corner to help you get to the next phase of your business experience. No one can do it all alone. I've been in business over 21 years, and I love my business coaches, coaches, and I always have at least one. Number three, strategic use of Instagram. I am so impressed and inspired by Naj's use of Instagram. I strongly encourage you to check it out. No matter what type of product you sell, Naj's approach can be helpful to you. She talked about how she uses reels on Instagram to be light and entertaining and how she uses Instagram stories really just to be an eclectic eclectic mix of her life generally. Definitely check it out and get some ideas for how you can do the same sorts of things with your Instagram account. Well, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here on Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from my blog at indiebusiness.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, say it with me and do it with me. Enjoy your life, build your business and have your way.